What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts that you hear every single week on this program. My name is Mitch Oliver, and with me, as always, I got my pal. I'm Uzi. Uzi is in the trap. Oh, it's it's ASMR. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we are back, and we are officially kicking off our non-official Christmas season of episodes. This was not planned at all, uh, but luckily enough, the film that we're going to be discussing today kind of takes place around Christmas, so this is perfect. Uh, this wasn't even planned this way, but this has been a long time coming. This has been long overdue. We are yep. so excited to welcome our friend. If you know him from the Film Feast podcast. Welcome to the Terror Table, Matt Bledsoe. Hey. <laughs> Hey guys, how's it going? Excited beep, to beep, 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 finally beep, beep, be here. Yeah, thank you for the, <laughs> the noises. Uh, I can add that to my show when I introduce myself. Um, it's like I feel like yeah, it's been a long time. We've been talking about this episode in particular, uh, and it's just good to finally be on the terror table. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, man. We just so a little backstory here is I've been a listener since the inception of Film Feast. I've been a fan of the show since you first got it started. Matt first came on my radar after you were on an episode of Cobwebs back when, all the way back when it was just a gothic Shout cinema. Shout out Daniel. Shout out Daniel. Yep. yep. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I've loved listening to your takes on movies ever since. Your show has been like, I've told you multiple times, it's always on rotation. You have such an incredible community that you guys have built with so many amazing podcasters and just film fanatics. And uh, it's always, it's always a fun listen. I've been lucky enough to be on twice now i believe i was first on where we talked about the jackass movies yeah so if you ever want to hear myself (laughs) and matt bledsoe break down the true meanings behind each jackass film uh you can do so on the (laughs) film piece podcast but i also came back for you did a special series called unscottable which is all based around the films and the works of tony scott and i was lucky enough to be on (laughs) The episode on the fan, which is your by far least favorite out of all of his films. <laughs> you know, by far might be too much. It's not. It's. Uh, I still like it. It's fine. It's fine. It's. Uh, but it's fine. <laughs> you made that episode so much better because I was like, "Who's going to do the fan?" I don't even like the fan that much. And then we talked yep. about it. And I think I liked it a little more after we got done talking about it. So yeah, it's definitely out. an experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the, we're talking about the fan, not the fanatic. Like, do you oh, know that you're talking about the fanatic? Oh, no, 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 no. That's a whole different experience. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, a whole the different fan, thing. The fan is Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. Uh, oh, it's a movie I, I loved as a kid. It makes no sense. Either way, go listen to that episode. Um, but yeah, there's been tons of great stuff on the Film Feast feed. There always is. I just want to particularly shout out the really fun episode you guys did on Bram Stoker's Dracula, like Coppola's film. That was a lot of fun. There was just a whole bunch of voices on there some people that you've heard on the show before or other people that you're going to hear coming up. I actually I haven't even told Boozy about this yet, but we're going to bring on uh, those absolute fucking lunatics, Hayden and Mark oh, Warner. Mark Christensen? No. Yes. no what a Hayden, Hayden and Mark <laughs> Hayden and Mark Warner, two of the craziest, craziest hot takes Man, on the Internet. I didn't even know about that. Those I'm guys excited. are the best. Yeah. Very entertaining podcasters. I, yeah, I can't wait. I don't care what you're talking about. It's going to be good. So yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, that's uh, that's all fun stuff. But, uh, well, but yeah, thank you Matt, for all that. We... That was very nice of you because you always say such nice, complimentary things to me. And I don't I don't think compliments very well, and I'm always like Mitch, like showering me with compliments. And I'm well, it's because you deserve you're it. too kind. You deserve <laughs> well, it. You. And that's you know I did mention that this has been a long time coming. There is obviously I wanted the thing is though when you're a first time guest on the terror table, we always want you to bring on 
we want to let the the guest in question to bring a movie that they really want to talk about rather than like uh we have certain people where it's like oh we just lost our guest for this week who can we call on and it's like so easy to call what i'm now i dubbed uh, today i was thinking about this while i was showering i was like i've had we've had daniel on here so many times daniel is our potty call so it's like a booty call but it's if we ever need a guest we always know daniel's gonna deliver because he's one of the best voices on the internet for for movie conversations he's, he's dtp he's down the pod (laughs) and he's been on the show multiple times at this point so it's like it's always an easy to go like daniel or chris or tato or something like that um but matt we wanted to make sure we brought you on at least for your first time to pop your cherry with a movie that you chose (laughs) so what film did you choose today we're going to get to in the main feature but let's hear i mean yes i chose the black coat's daughter from well 2015 but i think it depends on what date you go by festivals and all that but uh Directed by Oz Perkins. Uh, yes. I am very excited to talk about it. I, it was on my list for my show for a long time. And then I, it, it was funny because I was like, this feels Canadian. And I don't think it's supposed to be uh, set it's... in Canada, but it was definitely shot in Canada. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. But yeah. um, I was like, why not get you know pitch this to Mitch for their show? Feels like a good fit. Horror sh- movie shot in Canada and cold, snowy atmosphere. Um, it's a movie. I, you, this, well, I've only saw this one time before rewatching it today. Same. And I have not forgotten it and it stuck with me, which I knew meant it was something special because I watch a lot of movies and have a terrible memory. So yeah. the fact that <laughs> the fact that I have not forgotten this movie definitely says something about it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm excited to talk about you guys. So. Yeah. Perfect. yeah. And it, it's a film that takes place around the Christmas break. So uh, this is perfect. This is perfect because, you know, when you've done a horror podcast for six years, there's only the, the well is only so deep. For Christmas horror films, at least yes. ones that you can actually carry a conversation about. Uh, so this one, I was like, oh, wow, that timing worked out perfectly because this will be this is a great December watch. Uh, but we'll get all into that. I know Boozy and I both have lots of feelings on the film, The Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, so we'll get into that in the main feature. But let's kick off. I know I've seen I've seen some stuff. I know Boozy's seen some stuff. But uh, I want to I know about Matt. Give us the 411 for everyone listening who's like, I don't know who the fuck Matt is. Like, <laughs> let's let's talk about your horror roots, my guy. Let it like expand upon yourself. Okay. All right. Uh so I should have expected this question. Um, it's funny, I talk about my show a lot, that I was like a real scaredy cat kid and avoided like most things horror. What I like for, to like, call a wussy baby. I was a wussy baby. Uh, this, this is true. Um, uh, except I would watch, like, I dip my toe into, like, kid-friendly horror stuff, like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark, and love that stuff. But, like Sallow. Yeah, like Sallow. I put that on as a child. Uh, no, I have, well, I was exposed to these things to, way too young, like Robocop and Alien and Aliens and all these, like, violent R-rated movies. Um, and it's almost like I went backwards from that point it's like i became less adventurous <laughs> like i'm a five-year-old watching robocop and then you're, I'm... you're like a little five-year-old in the corner like smoking a cigarette like <laughs> i've seen some shit <laughs> that's how i felt especially i don't know if i told the story somewhere but i there's a movie called the night porter have any of you guys seen or heard of the night porter Mm-mm. no it is this very controversial film from i think the 70s it has a criterion uh but it's it's got the same for approval but it's like a it's post-war post-World War II, and there's a um, Nazi officer who's, I think, living in hiding, and he meets up with this, he's working at a hotel and meets up with a woman who was, like, his prisoner in a, uh, uh, a camp. And, and they is that Charlotte up. Rampling? 
it was Charlotte Rampling. They had this weird BDSM relationship. And I remember telling somebody I saw this when I was like eight and they were like, what the fuck? It's like, it's a very fucked up movie. That's my whole childhood is like seeing things I shouldn't see and just being traumatized. But like I, the whole, all this stuff. But then I was like avoiding horror movies for the longest time. I was like an action kid. I was like watching action movies, terrified of Freddy Krueger. Absolutely couldn't go into a store with like a poster or standee, a standee of him. I was like, ah, I ran away. Uh, something changed in my 20s where I started like listening to, I think, more podcasts and all this stuff and just thinking like, oh, OK, I want to give these horror movies a chance. Start exploring the whole genre because I was can like, I can yeah. I ask what what got you into podcasting? Because like I always remember the moment where I picked up podcasting and I never put it down, like listening to it. You were like, um, I fucking love Joe Rogan. Let's hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just to realize it's like, hey, people want to talk about things I like. Wow. So, you know, that was the, the initial. And then you realize there's like trillions of podcasts and it becomes overwhelming. But you find, you know, your things you like. So what was kind of your introduction reason to get into that? It was I, I worked all these like retail jobs for years and like didn't have time to like kind of sit and be relaxed at a job. And then when I got my first office job, I was like, I'm really bored <laughs> and I need something to do. And music wasn't I was like, so I started just I was also getting back. I kind of fallen out of love with movies for like a while. Like I, I was like super into movies. I went to film school briefly got out of it and was kind of like well that didn't work out i'm depressed then i got back into it right when i got my office job i was like buying books and reading did, stuff did you get out of loving film after seeing the love guru because i <laughs> feel like we can been, all relate to that that might have been the moment it died and i said no more movies i was gonna watch tv shows and read books uh no i <laughs> i yeah so it all kind of kind of came at the same time where it was like oh, I'm back into movies again, and there's all these movie podcasts. This is back in, like, 2014, 2015, and I'm finding, I'm Googling, like, best movie podcasts, and then, you know, one movie podcast leads you down a path to other ones that they connect, they work with and connect with, and it's, like, they just share all this stuff, and so then it just became, like, it was, like, F This Movie was the first one I listened to, and then that branched off into a bunch of other podcasts, and and then I just was like, that was my thing at work. And there are a lot. So it was like a lot of time listening to podcasts. So yeah. And now people worked office jobs or any job where you can listen to a headphone yeah. or music before like podcasts on that. I don't know how the fuck people did it. If I had I, to listen to like nine to five radio, I would shoot myself. I stayed in a, I historically uh, stayed in a shitty job for longer than I should have because I was able to listen to podcasts all day. I was like, I can't go work another job where like, cause all jobs suck. So at least this yeah. one, I can listen to podcasts from day to night. I've thought about that. I'm like, what do people do before they can even like, yeah, you know, I guess listen easily to their own music or podcast or something. It's crazy, but yeah, they keep me sane at work. So then it's just, you know, then I find the ones that I love. I keep listening to those, uh, started doing a podcast cause I got bored during the pandemic and went on Daniel Epler's cobwebs podcast. And he just said to me like, He's like, I said something about, I kicked around the idea, like, oh, I should do a podcast. And then he's like, I'd like to hear that podcast. And that's like the all it took. That was like the final, like, push over the edge, I felt like. It was like him just saying that to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start the podcast. And then, and then there I was. So um, he started your hero's journey. He was he the wise. <laughs> he did. He gave me that one little thing that was like mm -hmm. such an innocent comment about like, I'd like to hear that podcast someday. And I was like, you will. I'm going to do it. And it was like, I guess the pandemic also helped because I was pretty bored and like yeah. needed some kind of hobby something to do um 
and it just far away from that horror connects question. you Sorry. <laughs> yeah it connects you with so many so many amazing people who are into the same kind of stuff that you're into so and that's something that's really great about film feast is it always just feels like you know you're you're bringing your friends on and you can tell and uh a lot of uh, a lot of our friends have really interesting takes on movies that make it really entertaining and make it a lot easier to get to your work day so that's awesome yeah it's been great i met so many great people through podcasting it's it's pretty fantastic and yeah. to go back and answer that horror question i think the movie podcast did help because i'm listening to a movie podcast and somebody says oh i'm getting into italian horror movies and i'm like i've never explored any of those let me look into those and it kind of like they say something give a suggestion i start like going down these little rabbit holes and i was like oh i do like horror <laughs> so it just uh it took a little while but i got there eventually yeah yeah and it's uh especially if you're if you're just a film addict in general like you are like i know like you and i connect uh on many different levels but that's just like the overall just obsession with seeing the crazy shit that is out there but no like you're always you're always uh you know um finding new things that you didn't know about and finding these rare gems out there so that's a that's all stuff we're going to do in the next little bit here hopefully talk about some some new discoveries or some rewatches like just kind of keep the combo on on horror so should we lean into that gentlemen yeah i just have a quick one more quick question here for matt yeah are you circumcised uh, okay so two quick questions answer I the believe first so. one please. yes uh <laughs> what do you mean you believe so what i wasn't i was there but i wasn't aware i'm sure like, i'm sure you just haven't looked at your dick since then just no it. haven't looked down uh, no. of us. <laughs> i'm kidding yes i am Okay. that's the first time i asked on a podcast there we go. <laughs> so, that's a lot of people time. that's yeah. yeah that's a lot of people's firsts on here good job mitch <laughs> yeah okay sorry what was your other question but yeah, what was the other question <laughs> okay so the other question i just want one more kind of feeling out moment is like what's your favorite subgenre of horror and give us like two or three of your favorite like stand up what what makes you a horror fan put them on the Man. spot yeah that's a tough question um you think you can I mean, just come on here and fuck around? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the plan. Um, man, you, the whole I could tell you my favorite subgenre, but picking favorites from that is going to be tough. Uh, it's probably slashers because I feel like I've delved deeper into that than anything. And I'll watch. I've watched so many like bad slasher movies just because, yeah. like, eh, like they're always easy to watch. Like, um. And there's so, so many of them. Like, I'm such a, I'm such a basic bitch. I feel like I'm just like, Halloween's my favorite horror movie. That's not um, basic at all. Yeah, what's wrong with you? We it's like called Halloween. Ha it's called having know, taste, my man. <laughs> wait, wait, so wait. Are you talking about Rob Zombie's Halloween? Or... Of course, of course. Okay. <laughs> yes, the, the original. Uh, uh, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street. See, these are all like really basic. I'm trying to think. There's, see, there's so many slashers. I'm like, I don't even... I don't even know. So, have you seen um, Blades? I have not seen Blades, but I heard it come up recently. I believe. Yes, I haven't we're, seen. We're it trying either. to. We're trying to get the. Yeah, we're trying to get the analytics up on that one. Mm -hmm. I think. I, I think I almost watched it one day on Tubi because it came up on here, and I was like, "Should I watch Blades?" And then I, I don't the think answer is yes. Look, man, that's why we do this. That's Honestly, do you'll it. have a lot of fun. <laughs> I do appreciate your love of 2B, Boozy. I really and and Wishmaster 2. I'm here to say, not that bad. Oh, <laughs> I kind of like Wishmaster 2. It still has Devoff. I, three and Thor, three and four apparently are god awful. That's, oh, I, I heard, thought. I heard that three like they didn't even replace any of the. They, I mean, sorry, they replaced all the characters, and it's just uh -huh. like really bad. 
That's what I've it's heard. It's like too. the I Son of the Mask version of uh, oh, oh, the God. Wishmaster movies. <laughs> oh, that might be the worst movie I've ever seen in a theater was Son of the Mask. I really wanted to leave, but I was like on it with a girl that I liked at the time, and I felt like I was trapped. But oh, that movie's terrible. Um, I had a friend but who watched how did all she, the Wishmaster. Did she enjoy it? Oh no, I don't know why we oh, didn't okay. leave. I think oh, we okay. were like in high school and we need her mom to pick us up or something. So it was yeah. like um it was that kind of situation. We just we were stuck. But Wish I had a friend who watched all the Wishmasters and he told me three is the bottom. It kind of rebounds before, but it's still not good. But three is like the pits, apparently. Oh man, I'm I'm so glad that like people are coming out of the woodwork in in support of wishmaster 2 because it's it's pretty cool it's pretty fun i i think the lead the uh, girl is pretty good in that i think yeah uh if i remember right and of course yourself andrew devoff was great um there's some good gags i'm like you know what i'll back up boozy about wishmaster 2 when i get on here that's my that's why i want to do most of more than anything so and, wishmaster 2. <laughs> and it also has the guy with the the googly eye who's in like a shitload of <laughs> Oh, what is his shit. name? You don't imagine being about. referred to as the guy with the googly eye. <laughs> googly eye. <laughs> God. Oh, he's somewhere crying right now because that's how he's like. It's uh, me. Googly eye Terry Crews. <sighs> oh, oh. Um, I'm looking it up. You know exactly who I'm talking about too. Wait. Do. <laughs> uh, Tiny Lister. Tiny Lister. Yeah. yeah. Wait. <laughs> he just plays a random thug. Wishmaster 2, Evil evil Never Dies, Tiny Lister. I gotta see who the fuck you're talking about. Okay, You're gonna be like, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> from uh, Friday After the Next. Yeah. <laughs> He's been in yeah, so dude. much shit and you ran Friday After, after Next. next. Well, Not even the first Friday. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's Debo. Isn't he in like fucking Shawshank yeah, Redemption? <laughs> He's in, He's in Dark Knight, isn't he? Yeah, Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, Either way, Friday is the one I'm going to go with. Okay. Friday Friday's a great film. Yeah, Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, he died in 2020. He died? He did yeah. die. I was shocked by that. Did COVID get him? No, I don't know. Okay. I'm not going well, to assume not dig, how he died. Let's not speculate. Yeah. Okay. Let's not dig too deep. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Let's, get into, let's get into what we've been seeing. Um, yeah. So since we just made you talk a bunch there, Matt, maybe we'll pass it to Boozy <laughs> to kick us off. Boozy, you want to share a flick I- you've seen recently? I have seen so much and I have so much to talk about, especially because we were supposed to hit up an episode the other day, but mm-hmm. uh, things came up. So I'm here to talk about stuff. And the first thing I want to talk about is actually a book, uh, which Nerd. was, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I can't, someone recommended this to me and I can't remember who it is. Shout out to whoever did, uh, but it's called Devolution by Max Brooks. It's the guy who did uh, oh, World War Z. World War Z, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a first-hand account of the Rainier Sasquatch attacks. Uh, so first off, super fucking cool that there's a Sasquatch. And really cool little book. It's it's uh, written the same way that World War Z is, where it's kind of just like passages as opposed to yeah, like a full-on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of a really hard narrative to take sometimes when you're trying to like pace a story to make it interesting. But Max Brooks uh, is the dude who can do it. Apparently it's a really cool book. I definitely recommend if you're into Sasquatches and that kind of, you know, that, that fun attack storyline, it's very much a siege movie and they do a really good job of having your character, uh, you know, built up over time and, and kind of the, the different ideas they had there's certain parts of the book where it's wrapping up where like they do callbacks to things earlier in the the book where i'm like oh wow this is actually really smart um but yeah definitely a cool book so i'd recommend that 
Cool. Devo- yeah. Devolution by Max Brooks. Yeah. Got, a big, got a big foot on the cover. I see. <laughs> uh, that's actually what got me initially is I was looking for books with feet on the, on the cover. <laughs> Oh and I just God. happened to luck out. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, scratch off another one here. I checked out 2020's A Quiet Place Part Two. Finally, wild, like yeah, wild. Finally, saw. okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to say that I think this one is a lot better than the first one. Um, I, I just feel like the pacing is a lot more uh, enjoyable for. And I think that the idea that they've already had these creatures built up and you get all the, the information, some of it in the in the first one and the way that they roll out the second one with kind of that like as it's happening and then you skip to the future and you kind of learn some things about what's going on in the world. I, I loved the world building that they expanded so much on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I fucking I love Killian Murphy. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, he's and, and he did such, I think his character in this would is a very tough character to play because he he's filling a lot of what John Krasinski's role is. Giant and, shoes to fill. Exactly. And it's for such and I, a likable guy. Yeah. And, and I, I hope it, it doesn't give too much away if anyone hasn't seen it yet, like me. But, uh, you know, he has to he has to step up and, and be the stepdad, you know. He's not the dad, but he's the dad that stepped up. This, <laughs> this is a great box. That's the subtitle for the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a great box subtitle. Uh, he's not, he may not be the dad, but he's the dad that stepped up. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, I think the violence is surprising for this. And Man, it's rank. Yeah. I've only yeah. seen it the one time, but I remember I enjoyed it more than the first one as well. Uh, but mm-hmm. I that was the the main thing, you know. And I always do this on the show. I, I when I watch movies, I go, "Oh, Boozy would love this." Uh, but I remember I appreciate that so much. Like I just yeah. want to give you a kiss. I just and... remember you weren't like super crazy about a quiet place, which is totally cool. Mm-hmm. But like uh, this one is just way more your speed. Is the way that I felt. Tons of more monster stuff. It's like really well directed. It, it's uh, no, I totally agree with that. Um, I also uh, I I really like about the first one. Not that the first one was bad at all. I think it was pretty decent. But I I like the the rollout that they did. You don't see that as much anymore, where it has an actual like pitch to it where the you know the whole like be quiet thing you didn't see a lot of other movies do that sort of thing and i i think that was a super cool part of the rollout for it and i think that that captivated a lot of people it was in a lot of people's lexicon at the time yeah it's like i could be the lone the lone dissenting vote against quiet place too i feel bad we just we just met boozy i'm already giving it i didn't think it was that bad i just i like the first one more Right. I did. I hated the ending of part two. I, it was, I don't want to say anything because it'll, I can't it, even remember it, but it, it's been a while. Probably, it's just, it's, it's abrupt. I will say that. Uh, yeah. I did think it was well directed though. I do think he did, yeah. especially the, the opening, I believe. Um, it, I almost forgot that I even saw that movie because wasn't it a thing where it was like the first movie that got knocked out by COVID and then it got delayed like a yeah, year yeah. and showed up on like Paramount Plus or something. And <laughs> it's like, it kind of got all lost for me. And maybe it would better in a theater i don't know but um i remember just being kind of like it felt kind of um not hollow that's too mean but it was like i just kind of wanted more from it and i was when it was over i was like oh that was it that was the feeling i was left with but it wasn't it wasn't that bad i just really i liked the first one a lot and i just kind of was the second one i was like oh um the third one should be interesting because 
I don't know how that's going to go. Are they, <laughs> like, are they, are they confirmed on doing a third one? Yeah, and Krasinski's yeah. not directing, isn't he? he no, it's yeah, not I'm him. It's sure. somebody else. And I feel like people weren't excited about who it was, but I don't remember who that was now. They were like, it oh, that guy? It has to be called The Quietest Place. Uh, it's A Quiet Place, day one. God oh. damn it. Please, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I fucking can't stand when we go back to like, the whole prequel thing when it's I, just so, so I fresh. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's why. Yeah, Michael Sarnowski, who's the director of Pig, Wild. Oh, weird. Oh. That's, that's, maybe I was, a, that's maybe a big step up. Yeah, because I he's a good director. Maybe it was somebody else who did it originally, and they switched. Uh, they switched yeah. directors. Wild. Yeah. No. I'll, I mean, of course, I'll be there. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Quiet Place Part Two. Yep. Uh, Matt, you want to talk about something you've seen recently? Yes. Uh, so yeah, we're recording this late week. October, I went hard on horror movies, as most yes. people do. And I felt a little burned out. But I was like, for the boys, I'm going to watch some horror stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> you rallied um, for the team. <laughs> I rallied for the team. Uh, and the stuff I watched was good, so it paid off. Um, I caught up with Resurrection from this year. Rebecca Hall's oh, Resurrection. Oh, not, not Alien Resurrection. No, no. <laughs> okay. Great, great movie, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I love that movie. <laughs> I like it, too. Um, it's, it's awesome. It's really gnarly. It's gross. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Resurrection, which I knew almost nothing about like and the i never i don't think i even saw a trailer i just people saying like it's good rebecca hall's good as she always is um the the description gives you like nothing if this movie man what the fuck this is like the if someone had given me a hundred guesses as to what was going to happen in this movie i don't think i would have ever gotten it what actually was going on in the movie and what it kind of reveals i'm like that's what this movie is doing <laughs> like i was like jaw on the floor by the end of it that this is they went to this place that i did not expect um rebecca hall's amazing as she almost always is um tim roth is great i love when tim roth yeah. stuff um i don't want to say too much about it though because part of the fun i had was like how surprised i was by it i mean basically yeah. rebecca hall lives this life and she's you can tell she's very kind of uptight and has a daughter and is very protective of her and like has this career and she seems really like you know, buttoned up, has her shit together. And like Tim Roth shows up and clearly he's a guy from her past and there's some bad stuff that went down and you don't know what. (laughs) She reveals it in like this, like, I don't know, six, seven minute unbroken monologue. That's amazing. I will have a monologue is great, but this monologue is also great that Rebecca Hall delivers. It's like, Jesus. Um, Do you think it's because they can't get her to stop? Like they're like waving at her, like cut, cut, and she just keeps on going. <laughs> That's that'd be amazing if she just ignores the. She's like, no, no, I'm, yeah. I'm in this. She, she um, becomes known for it just because she can't actually stop. Literally can't stop herself. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's great. I I really don't want to say anymore because yeah, like I went into it that like blind, and it was a fucking trip. I was like, this is crazy because it kind of presents this like I thought it was going to be a like, classier and kind of more boring for lack of a better word than it was and then it kind of went off in this like cuckoo direction which i really liked. love it and yeah that's I was that's like, the shit oh, i, I want to hear because so yeah i'm i'm excited to watch this one i was actually planning on watching it before this episode but i just ran out of time uh, but that's actually going to be perfect for boozy and i to piggy i think we should piggyback off that one because uh are, are you done saying everything you want to say about resurrection? that's, that's all i want to say about it because it's really it's on shutter now it's great just watch it it's awesome. really good. yeah i'm gonna put that on the list for this week to get done because yeah i uh 
a film that I I just randomly I don't know what made me want to revisit it. I know it made my top ten last year, but I'm pretty sure it was just my ten. I think I was a little underwhelmed by it when I saw it, and this just goes to show that there's a lot of times where where you're at in your life is absolutely going to feed into how you react to certain films. And I think I just wasn't in the right spot for this particular movie because I've become so obsessed with it after a rewatch that we were going to do and we were going to do a full episode on it. But Mm -hmm. I Mm rewatched, I know Boozy rewatched The Night House. Mm -hmm. So David Bruck, David Bruckner's film, The Lighthouse or The Night House. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. Once again, also starring Rebecca Hall, just absolutely slaying that screen. She is so damn good. And uh, yeah, Boozy, you you uh, you love this this film as well, correct? Oh, yeah. I, I think I was probably like it had me after the first like 30 minutes and you just yeah. you the way it unravels itself. And yeah, the way you're stuck with uh, with Rebecca Hall, you're learning with her. That's, you know, what's going on with Owen. It's fantastic storytelling. Yeah. And, and it's it's really dense in terms of just being depressing once again depressing movies that we love (laughs) yeah we we do love that shit and this is like yeah man like uh i don't know what it was about it but i've been doing this thing where you know i'm i've been trying to read a script a day which is a lot um but it's just something i'm trying to do because you know if you ever want to get better at something you got to spend more time like you know seeing how other people do it and the i just randomly flipped onto the nighthouse script one day and my god that script is so fucking good that it made me want to rewatch the movie. And I did. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why wasn't I absolutely head over heels with this movie the first time I saw it? And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really bleak haunting mystery film. And I think David Bruckner is the most interesting, uh, most exciting, like newer director making horror these days. I loved his Hellraiser remake. (laughs) That being said, I'd probably say his Hellraiser remake is the bottom out of his filmography for me. Cause, but that, that's not even saying anything negative about Hellraiser. That's just saying that like the night house and the ritual are so damn good. Uh, but yeah, like this, the, it's just a moody, really moody film. That's great to look at. And my God, there are so many filmmaking techniques and uh, like special effects gags that he pulled off completely practically that just looks so good in, in the movie. And it, the, the scares, he, he generates scares with shapes and shadows in an unbelievable way. And I know that it is getting old. It's getting tiring being like every movie needs to be about grief and like <laughs> ever it's like, Oh, my kid died or my fucking husband died or whatever. It's that's always a plot device that ever since the Duke specifically, I think it's been kind of people have been abusing it a little. It's just been, it happens way too frequently that it overshadows the truly great ones like this that do it supremely well. Uh, so yeah, I loved it. I think it's, I think Rebecca, Rebecca Hall's performance in this rivals some of the best in modern horror, like right next to Essie Davies and the Babadook and Tony Collette and Hereditary. Uh, I just think, yeah, it's a, she's, it's Rebecca Hall's performance that makes the movie so good for like, I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't seen it. Cause I know if you're in Canada, it's on Disney plus, I'm not sure if it's in, in the U S on Disney plus as well, but highly, highly recommend giving this one a look um but yeah like there's from the from the get-go a conversation she has with a, a parent of one of her students it's just like you're off to the oh, races, both their but, grades yes yeah, I love with, that. The, she's just so quick-witted and nihilistic and like yeah. there's so many <laughs> there's so many moments in it where it's like the dark humor works so well for me like there's she goes and uh 
this isn't really it's not a spoiler but she finds a girl in a bookshop and she's kind of like confronting her and you realize like if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. um but just the way that she responds to her like oh don't you have nothing to worry about the the matter has been dealt with yeah like <laughs> her husband just shot himself in the fucking mouth it's so dark it's so nihilistic and uh yeah i love it it's it's so creepy highly recommend it's... also if if anyone's interested in reading scripts and stuff like that that's a really good one it's really strong and it uh yeah it's great yeah. It's it is great. I caught it right before his Hellraiser came out because I wanted to see kind of more stuff he dunks. I seen the ritual. I really like the ritual. I thought that was kind of underrated. Amazing. I mean, it, go, yeah. it goes on Netflix and it kind of just goes into the Netflix like pile of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to promote it after a certain point. So, um, and it was good because I was kind of hesitant because I was like, I can't do any more like grief horror stuff. Like I can't. And then yeah. that one is really good. It's really really well done. She's amazing. I love how it tackles like somebody who's grieving who's angry because i feel like we yeah. don't see that quite enough it's always someone who's sad and depressed and, and break breaking like, broken down yeah i mean she's i seen the bar with her friends i think yeah, yeah it's so good uh i just love yeah it's like she's so part of it is so angry part of the time and you understand kind of you know what she's going through and yeah the whole movie like it works it's like the the engine that really makes that movie just <laughs> go to a different level. And I think it is, I think it's on Hulu in the United States. It's so funny when I hear you go. guys in other countries say something that's on Disney plus because our Disney plus is so like sanitized and it's like, yeah. <laughs> there's no adult like content on there. Like at all. It's just that. And then you're like, Oh, Nighthouse on Disney plus. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, Nighthouse yeah, or 28 days later. Is <laughs> they, on there. they won't give us Hulu for some reason. So weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why like, I love the whole thing about how pinhead is now a Disney princess. Cause like, in <laughs> in canada but at the same time it's it's still not even on it's not on d plus out here i just had to rent that bad boy but i i can't wait to get a copy of it because i i really liked it i'm looking forward to watching that one again uh but yeah that is the nighthouse boozy do you have anything else you want to mention about that one uh you know what i i don't really i i think that that i don't really want to give anything else away to i think a lot of people should check this out very underrated and like you said it deals with grief in a very blunt way and, and you're dealing with uh seeing seeing your loved ones as maybe not what you thought they were which is always an interesting concept yeah the whole the whole fear of who are you sleeping beside yeah yeah <laughs> yeah okay all right well that's the night house boozy do you uh do you want to knock off another one you've seen yeah i still have a few left here so i checked out i i just want to say mitch I've, I'm finally I finally get it. I watched 2022's Nope, directed by Ooh. Jordan Peele. Uh, nope, nope. I I finally get it. I I think this really encapsulated everything that I wanted to see from a Jordan Peele film, and I I, I think it's a it's a home run out of the park. This is so I finally I finally get the hype. I I can finally join the group on this one. Uh, I really love. Daniel Kaluuya in this fantastic he, he his gruffness in this and his dealing with all the trauma that's around him yeah. is... and his work on the Scorpion King and his <laughs> <laughs> all just a plus <laughs> Kiki Palmer also fantastic uh I, this is a callback to something we talked about uh, a couple minutes ago shout out to fucking thank you for giving Michael Wincott work I love Michael yes. Wincott. Yes. <laughs> I, I if he could, you know, when people always ask like who could narrate your your life, I want him to because it just sounds like he's like 
hit smoking me a cigarette at a bar. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, he's like talking with a cigarette in his mouth. I'm like, oh, no, the budget went over here. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I just want to say that like the the imagery, the story it told, I it felt very Amblin to me. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It was super Spielberg influence for sure. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, that that last act with with all the things going on, and and you have kind of this like the the weird fleshy alien thing. It's just it's great. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm happy to hear that because uh, yeah, you you liked Get Out, but you weren't crazy about it. You you were fine with us, but like it's funny because Nope seems to be the one that he's gotten like the least amount of praise for. Right. Uh, I feel like it's just not connecting with people as much as his other films were, and. I think it's one that's probably just going to keep growing in esteem over the years. I'm not sure how you felt about it, Matt, but like, I really love Nope. What, what, what were your I, thoughts on it? Yeah, I love Nope. It'd probably be in my top 10 of the year, honestly. Yeah, like it's, uh, sure. it's really good. I, I think it's funny because I was a big us defender too. I felt like people yeah, kind, me of, too. We're kind of got mad at us and I was like, I don't know. I like the big swing. And uh, this was like an even kind of wilder swing than us almost in a way. Cause like, it's, it's, it's weird to say it's less horror because it has or, like all these horror elements, but it has this yeah. like, Spielberg influence. Yeah, you guys it's more like said. fantastical. Yeah, yeah, with still this kind of darkness. At one point, I think it rains blood, right? So it's like it's still yeah. these like crazy horror images, but like he's kind of expanding his. Uh, I don't know what you palette. I don't know what it's like. He's. I can. I want to see him do more stuff where the scope gets bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. This one was a little divisive, but I, I went with this big group of people to it, and most of them I felt like either weren't horror people or just don't like weirder stuff and like everybody seemed to like it i thought oh it's gonna be a little too weird for everybody but they everyone was oh, like that's that was awesome. cool i liked it so um yeah i really dug it i thought it was very cool and everybody was great and i love the the scope of the whole thing because it surprised me with the the places it went because i they kept it mysterious which i appreciate too we don't get enough of that now it's like they show you everything at one point you're like yeah well i know what this is about nope was not that <laughs> so, yeah no for sure i i've always been a fan of that as well i like i like being put to work a little bit like mm-hmm. like engaging in a movie and like trying right. to you know decipher certain meanings i don't need that all the time but you know especially with a guy as brilliant as jordan peele like uh I, it was just it was a super welcome viewing experience this year i'm excited to watch it again i'm gonna mm-hmm. try and yeah watch it again before the end of the year because i i loved it i just want to say like i think his biggest strength in all of his films is his ability to build these characters so when things actually do start happening their their responses seem more like genuine i i yeah. find yeah no totally yeah. yeah it's a great one um yeah i'm gonna quickly knock off i i have two more and i know boozy's seen the other one i'm gonna talk about so i'm just gonna quickly mention this one i finally caught up with lamb okay yeah, oh my yeah. god i forgot about lamb <laughs> it's yeah. like, such a fucking weird movie it looked weird every time that trailer came on in the theater people would always be like the fuck is going on <laughs> so like, have you seen it matt I have no, I have not seen it. I kind of, I feel bad. I forgot about it, but yeah, the trailer looked nuts. So I'm kind of curious your thoughts on it. Uh, So I'm going to, I'll keep it brief because it's also one of those movies that like, I think it's one that you could really dissect and discuss quite a bit, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say that like, this is, it's an A24 film set entirely on like a a farm or ranch. And it's a, Numi Ripas. I got, I always, I don't know how to pronounce her name. How to say her name either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But uh, yeah, it's the one that I guess they are lamb farmers. Is is that what they do? Uh, Lamb shepherds. I don't think you farm lamb. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Either, 
Either way, it is a very weird movie. I think yes. if I have one criticism of it, it's I wanted I was expecting it to be weirder and I oh, would have liked okay. it to be weirder. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, a wicked payoff that I was in love with that was pretty weird, very weird. Um, but it's an it's an image I haven't been able to get out of my head since I saw it. And uh, we'll talk. about I don't want to spoil anything. So we'll talk about it off air with you, Boozy, because like. So the, the way that the film wraps up, I was just like, well, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was not that. And uh, the, the little lamb kid, because it's basically they they are there's many scenes where you're watching them birth lambs and like, you know, what you're seeing all of it in its gruesome detail. And those are the moments where I'm like, you know, I don't. I don't know if I need to see this. Like, I don't know if I want to watch someone pull a fucking lamb out of another lamb's womb. Um, but you see a lot of that in the film and the tension kind of generates. There's a couple moments where I was like, Oh my God, it's going to get so dark. And um, yeah, I really liked it. I, I was surprised by how much I liked it because it is very boring for a while. It definitely is one of those movies. It's very much art house fair. It, the kind of stuff that you'd expect from a 24, but like, you know, a 24, like eight years ago before they had like a ton of success. Uh, they're putting out these really like not overly commercial films that like the, thinking about this movie getting a wide release is insane to me. And I can only imagine how many people walked out of that theater pissed off. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. Def- definitely not a movie for that's, everyone. That's what I thought when I saw the trailer, because it was playing yeah. before a bunch of stuff like big movies. And I was like, who in this, who in this screening of like the superhero movie is going to go see lamb? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It was like, yeah. people just seemed like they were like, shaking their heads when it was over this is not going to play well they're they're trying to get those like aronofsky people that may have been there hey oh <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy yeah and yeah no i so i i dug it i hesitate to call it a horror movie yeah um, i feel like it was very light on i don't know even the concept isn't overly it, it's kind of like a weird Stuart little <laughs> yeah it's, i, I want to say she sold it <laughs> at this yeah at this point it's not even like a spoiler because it, it's been out for a while and i'm pretty sure it's on the cover of it but it's uh, essentially they are raising a half human half lamb yeah kid mm-hmm. and my god that thing is adorable uh big fan of that little lamb that's what i'll say but there the where i'll give it a pass to enough to you know talk about it on our horror movie podcast is there is like two or three moments that are like super rich thick horror uh but other than that it is definitely just like a, a drama and uh yeah it's a weird one but i recommend giving it a watch i watched it on crave in canada which i now I, you guys don't have crave hey i don't think so you don't no. know what crave is. <laughs> sorry okay. all right yeah so that that's lamb uh matt do you have anything else you want to talk about i got two more um nice. they're both pretty wild in very different ways um I watched a movie that I heard about, I think, on the Pure Cinema podcast. They really talked up and it delivered called The Appointment from 1981. You guys heard of this one at all? I know. I had not even like, I don't think I've even heard of it until they brought it up. And uh, it's this very weird little British film that was directed by a guy named Lindsay Vickers, who only directed this is his only feature film. And he had one short film called The Lake, and that was it. And I don't know why he didn't make more movies because, you know, people say things all the time like, oh, this is so Lynchian and it feels mm-hmm. like a real like waking nightmare. This movie really is that like I, I don't say that like lightly because I hate people. I think it's Lynchy if it's a little weird. 
this is fucking yeah. weird and it's really like it's so off like it's this feeling of like things are just a little off and i don't even it sounds like on the surface you're like well what is that how is that even a movie because it's just basically um this family and the dad has to go on this business trip and he's gonna miss his daughter's recital or something and she really doesn't want him to go and it gets like she's really upset about it like it's almost too upset it's like okay you're a little like it's like to point of like you don't want to go on this trip because you're worried something happened to him or something there's this whole feeling of dread through the entire movie that keeps it i don't know how it keeps it going it's crazy um it has this opening that will i think grab you because it like everyone kept on the opening it's this amazing opening of a, a girl just walking through the woods by herself after school and it feels so scary <laughs> it's like how is this feel this weird it ends that scene ends shockingly uh it ends in a way i want to say how it ends obviously but it's like kind of like you it has to end this way but it's still shocking um it's just a it's a vibe thing it's hard to describe the movie because like the way that this guy keeps up the mood and the tension and how weird everything feels like i've never seen a movie that quite felt like this it's very strange like it's hardest guy it, it it key it like it's right on the line of like some people will find it super boring <laughs> and some people will find it like me very interesting and very tense and scary um there's some stuff that just like got really under my skin and scared the shit out of me <laughs> so um it's it's hard to see those if i had to buy like a import blu-ray from england and but i think it's on youtube i think it's on youtube for go. free to watch right, right, right. um but it's I, like because for somebody who's like, I've seen all this horror stuff, things don't really scare me. Uh, I think this would get under your skin, maybe. It, it, you know, it's so subjective with horror, but it's like, yeah. this is the kind of stuff I like. Like, it's just very, like, just creepy and weird and quiet. And just, you're like, what is going on in this movie? <laughs> like, um, highly recommended. It. It's very interesting. I, I'm definitely going to check this out. And the album cover looks like something that, like, Terror would put out. The album looks, cover, yeah. This this looks or the the cover art for this looks like it could be like a hardcore band's album cover. <laughs> Are you looking at the one on Letterbox? Yeah, or the on... one with like the the dog in the car. Oh, oh yeah, like... yeah, yeah. It does. I'm yeah. just looking at the the one on IMDb. It's just like a dog snout. I was like, yeah, this oh, looks no, like no, every no. local show of uh, fucking no, no, image, go go to all the images. There's one with like a Rottweiler in the background in a car, like doing a sick burnout. That's on the the Blu-ray cover. That's yeah, it does look like that. I'm like, that's like definitely a terror throwdown yeah. album cover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stick to your guns, just put this out. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So the appointment, yeah, that one sounds up my alley. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that cover. <laughs> uh, what's your Matt? Let's just round it out here. So what's your last one that you have? Okay, so the other off uh, the other end of the what the fuck spectrum. Um, have either one of you guys seen a movie called Scream for Help? I've heard um, about this one. I haven't, I haven't actually seen or? it. I just had it and I lost it. Um, oh, man. Where did it go? Hang on. I was trying to look up the, the page. Um, again, another one that's weirdly hard to see, but I brought, bought the um, uh, Screen Factory Blu-ray a while ago. You're uh, telling directed... me this isn't on Tubi? This looks like something that would This be on should Tubi. be a Tubi movie. It's a Michael Winner movie, man. It's That's... Michael Winner. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Jesus Christ, this movie is so sleazy. <laughs> like, yes. it's so, like... I was like, Michael Winter had to direct this because it's just like the sleaziest thing I've seen in such a long time. Um, it kind of becomes like, it's like two different movies. It first starts off like this weird, like 
riff on well it's before stepfather so but it feels like stepfather this (gasps) stepfather three (laughs) this girl (laughs) discovers her stepfather's trying to kill her mom to get her money um and like she keeps trying to tell people but no one will believe her she can't get any evidence um and the stepfather's on to her and there's a lot of gratuitous nudity (laughs) there's a lot of creepy stuff with like uh just weird sexual stuff where like the 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 daughter trying to like i think lose her virginity there's a lot of talk about her virginity it's really weird uh and then like the stepfather and her have some weird tension but he also kind of i think wants to kill her too because she's getting on to him um so just tons of weird sexual stuff and then it becomes like a home invasion movie for the back half um, mm. I won't say why. I thought you were gonna because... say it was like gonna turn into like a porno or something. It's no, like, no, no, no. Has a lot of weird incest, home yeah. invasion. This has got the makings for Boozy's favorite types of movies. <laughs> it should be sponsored by Tubi. Like it is a Tubi movie through and through. Um, it must be God a rights issue. Tubi. It's, it's hard to see anywhere. But um, I was like, wow, it paid off blind buying this uh, Blu-ray a long time ago because it's it's so entertaining. Like it's so sleazy, but it was like just a very entertaining movie and. Yeah, it was wild. It was, and I think written by Tom Holland, not Spider Man. No. Tom Holland, my my close personal friend that I met in L.A. Tom Holland. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, writer of Child's Play and Fright Night. Yeah, yeah, like that Tom Holland. So wow, yeah, he did write it. Crazy. It's a wild movie. Like I was just like jaw on the floor. Man, there's one thing I want to talk about, but it would be a major spoiler. But it, I I think I screamed when it happened. I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> and then the aftermath to that incident is like. I can tell you guys off mic if you want, but it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, this movie is just wild. So yeah, that's, that's all I have. Awesome. Scream for help. It has been added to my Letterboxd watch list, which also, this is a good time to mention that Matt, you're on Letterboxd. You're, you're a great, great follow on Letterboxd. So I highly recommend that for people. Just Matt. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think it's Matt 87. I think there we I go. just changed it recently. <laughs> Hang on. Yep. Matt 87. Was somebody yep. stalking you? Typical. No, I had some goofy name when I thought Letterbox wasn't going to be a thing. I feel like right, it, was right. like, you know, it was like a throwaway. It was like a throwaway name. It was like some nonsense, like letters and numbers. And then I was like, I should probably change that to my like Twitter handle so people actually find right. me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Boozy, you got uh, some other ones you want to knock off? Yeah, I got I got two left here. One's a TV show. So I'm just going to talk about it real quick because we had mentioned uh, I'm going to call back to the fact that we talked about Resurrection and being on Shudder. So I checked out I'm, I'm continuously watching because it's the best TV you'll see is the Boulay Brothers Drag Race. Check that show out. Uh, I think it's called Monsters of Terror or something. Anyway, really cool. You, you get to see people uh the queens build these fucking fantastic costumes out of like nothing there was one recently i think i shared it on my instagram but one of uh one of them created uh like a monster from the thing uh like the prequel one where it's like the the two separate things with the jaw uh did a fantastic job of creating this I, i think it's just it's it's cool TV. It's it's basically RuPaul, but they have monster costumes. So if yeah, you're into that kind of RuPaul. thing, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's super fun. And then the last thing I'll mention before I'll pass it off to Mitch here. I don't know how horror this is. I, I felt like it was a horror film, but I checked out 2022's Beast, starring Idris Elba. So that's the one I've also I watched it as well. So we can double team it. But you motherfucker, you haven't talked about Barbarian. Oh, do you want me to talk? I was going to save. Uh, I have two I was going to save for next episode, but I can talk about it now if you want. 
knock off barbarian let's get it out of the way because yeah i want to hear your thoughts on it because it's my favorite horror movie of the year so far i know matt you were a big fan as well correct i really liked it yeah so we could talk about it too <laughs> um okay let's talk right, we'll switch up we'll talk about barbarian and then we'll come back to beast okay yeah uh so barbarian i think super cool concept i i love that it starts out as this this smaller story and just escalates and escalates uh does a fantastic job of using uh little like liminal lighting to really create that suspense and that that idea of like what's in the shadows um and overall i i think it was a really cool film i i think towards the end it, it got a little much for me kind of when they were hanging out on top of that structure there. I knew. Yeah, I knew that it would lose you there. I <laughs> yeah, knew it would lose you there. Yeah, a little bit, a little silly and goofy there. It, it kind of felt like uh, don't breathe at times. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I really liked it. It's it's always good to see Justin Long hanging out. I, I think he's fantastic. He he deserves to to get in more roles i think his role was was fun in this and kind of where it went and just the the layer the ogre layers of his character he plays a good piece of shit he really does and i, I just <laughs> yeah. love that it unravels that he's just like worse and worse because at the start you're kind of like oh boy yeah no it's a it's a very surprising movie but yeah once again that one's on d plus as well that's hyphenated disney plus yeah all the cool and, kids out there and and it's the the new barbarian film not barbarian from 2003 there's a barbarian from 2003. Yeah, I don't know what that is. There's uh It's it's got I, Mike O'Hearn in it who was on uh American Gladiators. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Okay, well, I'm happy that yeah, we're still managing cuz you know, there's still people out there who haven't seen it and if you have somehow managed to avoid spoilers, good god, just watch Barbarian as soon as you can before someone ruins it for you cuz that is a truly shocking movie and uh yeah a ton of fun yeah if you ever wanted to be coddled like a giant baby here's your chance sign it's me kink, up yeah, it's <laughs> a kink of mine what do you say <laughs> it's i think that's an hbo max down here and i think actually Nighthouse might be on hbo max too um yeah yeah barbarian like this cool thing happened where i felt like nobody would talk about it like it would spoil it for people i really felt like people really stuck to their guns on that like people were being very cool about like i'm not gonna say anything about this just go watch it um because I kind of, it took me a few weeks to get to it in the theater and uh, no one had spoiled it for me. And I was so happy because it like, it just goes in all these different directions. I yeah. never expected, like I could not pick where it was going to turn next or what was going to happen, which I love because that doesn't happen enough in most movies. I feel like I kind of know, you know, you watch so many after a while. It's like, you kind of know where things are going. But there yeah. is, that's the, that's the brilliant part about Barbarian too, is that there's no way you could see where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> like there's just no, yeah, no physical way, way. and, and, and like, you'd mentioned that before so i went in thinking that i was like okay where is this gonna go and yeah even when you start thinking you you know where the uh, the story is going you have no clue it's a great movie boozy do you wanna let's both talk about because I, I watched beast as well so let's let you you lead off with that one i'll close it up then we'll get on to our main feature so i think every year this kind of happens where one animal attack film comes out that you're like oh this is interesting and it's it's got a little bit of a budget which is weird so this year that was beast and it, it starred idris elba who we all love mm -hmm. famously it was it was also his daughter tried out for the there's multiple articles about it his daughter tried out for the role of his daughter 
No I didn't way. get it. Oh my god, I didn't know that. <laughs> and I personally I commend that decision because mm. A, there's already far too many too much nepotism in the world out there, yeah. but also just because you are actually his physical daughter doesn't mean that you might have the right chemistry for this role in this situation. Right. Um, didn't someone so, say they had bad chemistry or something? Was that the yeah? Reason? Someone said they didn't have good enough chemistry. It's like, oh man, boom, that would be, that'd be an awkward dinner after. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I will say that the the people, the two girls that he cast as his daughters, I thought did a really good job. Uh, Leah Jeffries and Liana Haley, Halley. And this film also stars, which I know Mitch really likes this guy, I believe. Uh, Charlotte Charlotte Copley from District Charlotte Copley. He's great in District Nine. Yeah. Uh, so that that's instantly I was like, oh, it's the District Nine guy. Yeah. So just overall, I have to say, I I really like this film. It's it's a fun little survival story. I thought the the lion itself and the idea of what was going on with it was a pretty cool concept. It was. It's fucking vicious. Like this lion was yeah. trying to fuck people up and they, they did a great job of getting right in there. Like there's a lot of times where you feel like this lion is reaching out to grab you. Yeah. Like, no, uh, it's, have you seen it yet, Matt? No, I haven't seen it. I, I kind of want to go see it in theater. Cause I want to support some, like a movie like this. Cause we don't get a yeah. lot of smaller animal attack. movies. So, like, it, it's, it's, it just... is, it's kind of a bizarre little film. And, and like I said before, with like, it, it had a decent like budget, like the way yeah. that it's presented. Those mm-hmm. lines look really good. They like, did. The... I was so surprised. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I've, I enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the lines look awesome. When the thing that I like most about it, I think is they show the duality of the lines in yeah. in a way that other films don't really do that like you you know in lots of animal attacks movies you're basically like these things they do one thing and one thing only and that's fucking kill you <laughs> they got the and, taste of blood <laughs> yeah and then there's like multiple scenes with like charlotte copley like kind of playing with them and showing how mm-hmm. like sweet these animals can be and then the real carnage kicks off and like i think there's a there's a lot of cheese that comes with these movies. You're never yeah. going to be able to escape it. Uh, and unfortunately, like, you know, Boozy and I, we live for this subgenre. We love when animals attack uh, nature run amok. It's just kind of been a part of my DNA for since I can could walk. I've just always loved movies that pitted man against nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is like, you're always going to be living in the shadow of Jaws, which is a perfect fucking movie. So people are always going to be comparing whatever the movie is to Jaws in some way. And uh, as far as like mainstream ones that have come out recently, this is definitely one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that being said, like there's, there was multiple times where I was still I was rolling my eyes pretty hard, but that's part of the fun with these movies is like, yeah. you know, like the, they they get themselves into a far-fetched situation. So you kind of got to just go along with the movie. You're either going to be in, in for it or not. Uh, but yeah, this, this is one like this would be fun to watch with a family, honestly. Like it, it sounds weird to say that, but like, it's just one of, it's not like an overly horror like it's not super horror and grotesque and everything. It's more so just like a, an adventure and like an assault really like the, the action sequences are really, yeah, it's a, it's, it's basically a siege movie and yeah, like, yeah. you're right. It, it does kind of have that like bubble gummy uh, mainstream film, you know, yeah. taste to it. But I think the, like what Mitch had said about the violence is they do a good enough job to kind of teeter on this line of like, okay, there are some genuinely like horror elements to this. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think that's some of the bet like the uh, Mitch uh, for the people listening if they if they check this out there's like a, a night siege scene with yeah. with uh, some other you know uh, people involved and I thought that was really cool like there was great tension of of all these different characters uh, like in different places trying to figure out what's going on it's a it does a good job of having this like disorienting feel to it and you're you're really you know watching out for your characters and and like you were saying there are yeah it's it has a very for for what it is it has a very kind of big climactic ending uh, like a showdown yeah. kind of uh, yeah well, but the- I, I i agree it is very much a family you could watch yeah this with your kids like craig could have watched this with his son instead of terminator but you know we we all got to see our boobs you know our first set of boobs someday so yeah yeah um i think <laughs> jesus a good way to put a good way to put in perspective of what we're kind of talking about with like the the scope of this movie is something i didn't know about it when like obviously i heard about it saw the poster saw the trailer i'm in like i i just love watching man vs. nature movies but this is i'm not even going to pretend that i can pronounce the guy's name but it's the director of everest like the jake gyllenhaal jason clark film which is also a really solid movie but it's like like it's a so it's it's a movie about lions attacking a family made by the guy who made everest so it's (laughs) it's already a little bit above the the other type of fare that this this type of subgenre tends to offer if you want to watch like is it ghost in the darkness or ghosts in the darkness you can yeah, watch yeah, that ghost and the then darkness. this that would be a good double feature yeah absolutely I like that movie, so i gotta see beast i think i just saw it streaming on peacock which i don't know again if that's in canada or not nbc's peacock app <laughs> but I, just, yeah, I don't, we don't have we don't have peacock either that's what they put halloween on boozy um, oh okay yeah, yeah yeah i don't know it's good corny fun it's mm-hmm. it, it's definitely corny so just remember that like, <laughs> okay but all these movies have a certain layer of cheese to them and that's kind of part of their charm but yeah okay we did great boys there was mm-hmm. a, a lot of good horror talk do you guys want to talk about our main feature discussion yeah i'm, I'm ready fucking, yeah fucking do it sweet all right well we're going to take a quick little break here but we're going to uh when we come back you're going to hear us talking about 2015's i think osgood yeah. perkins <laughs> film the black coat's daughter we'll see you on the other side test to see if her head matched the body. Hey, Dad, just calling to see where you and Mom are, if you're coming. Worst case, they come on Friday and everyone goes home and has a really nice break. After all, we can't let you live here. You know about the sisters, don't you? They worship the devil. Is there something wrong? Why are you doing this? Do you believe in God, Joan? Ever tried to look for him? I look for him in the unlikely things that happen. Little coincidences.
something funny. You smiled a little. Funny? No. Why? I mean, I just wish you could stay and see my performance. That's all. And welcome to our main feature presentation, where we're going to be discussing Matt Bledsoe's pick of the week, The Black Coat's Daughter, which came out in uh, 2015, but I think it came out at separate times for different countries. I'm pretty sure <clears throat> we didn't see this till I think it would have been like 2018 or something boozy. Like it's been, it came out like far after, like we were, we weren't able to see it until definitely it, way it after It came out sometime between 2015 and 2020. Yeah, one of those times. <laughs> there you go. It was originally, originally titled February, and it was written and directed by Oz Perkins. Oz Perkins is the director behind movies like I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, The Black Coat's Daughter, and most recently, Hansel and Gretel. Uh, you also might know him as famously, you know, a lot of people where this is a horror podcast, you hear the name Oz Perkins, and you think that's the guy who plays Dorky David from Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> he does play Le Darky David and Legally Blonde, but he is also the son of Anthony Perkins. Uh, yeah, so Nor the the OG Norman Bates in the Psycho films. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's just kind of start digging into it. So the the story it is entirely set in like a rural, snowy Canadian town. And uh, the synopsis is two girls must battle a mysterious evil force when they get left behind at their boarding, boarding school over winter break. Matt, why did you choose this movie? So, yeah, it's a movie I've been, I don't know, obsessed is too strong a word. Obsessed is too strong. But I will say a movie I've thought about a lot since I saw it, I'm guessing like 2017, because I'm looking at the dates now and like it played a bunch of festivals in 2015 and didn't get released in April 2017, which makes sense. It's about time I saw it. And it was one of those watches where I think I heard a little bit about it. I put it on kind of on a whim and was like locked in instantly. Like it grabbed me almost immediately. Didn't let go the whole time. I was super into it. Um, and I can't remember if I said this earlier off the mic or before. I was like, I have a famously bad memory and I watch a lot of movies. But this movie has really stuck with me um, through all these years until I rewatched it. And. I was like, wow, I remembered almost all of this from that one viewing. It just left such a strong impression on me. And I want to talk about it for so long because I think it's really special. And I think it has flown under the radar for basically this whole time because I don't think the release was all kinds of weird. I don't think it was in theaters. Um, and it doesn't, it, the reputation it has seems like it's okay. Like the INDB score is not good though. It's like a five something <laughs> and like letterbox a little better. But like, I just look at this and think it's something that's so special and has this amazing atmosphere. And I think all the performances are really good. And I think it's genuinely pretty scary. And does, I get I get a little tired of like slow dread, slow burn horror movies. But I think this does this. It does it so well because and I don't want to get into spoilers yet. I don't know if you want to do spoilers at all. But like we talked about Barbarian kind of taking turns and not knowing where it's going. This movie just knocked me for a loop with the stuff that it does with you someone put it like uh you don't know who is who or who is when which is a good way to say it you're like oh this is happening this time and this person is this person um i just find it fascinating because it's just this weird little horror movie that really got under my skin which doesn't happen that much anymore so 
yeah, all that stuff I just said <laughs> to say that I just think it's a very special horror movie that is not talked about enough, and I really want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we're going to pass off to Boozy, but one thing I want to say is that I've noticed, I think slow burn, creepy, dread-inducing films are your bread and butter, Matt, from what, I, from what I've picked up on. <laughs> uh, you tend to like a lot of this stuff, but at the same token, there's this stuff is done a lot and not it doesn't always land but uh i know we've we've connected on movies that do similar things that the black coat's daughter does and uh it makes total sense to me that uh that you would be a big fan of this one but someone else who i know is a big fan of this one or who at least was at one point boozy Mm -hmm. uh this was on my best of the decades list i I can't yeah. remember where it was on there, but it was on there. And I will definitely agree with what Matt's saying here. There's no surprise. Uh, I fucking adore this movie. Uh, what Matt's saying is is totally like, I want to mirror everything you said, and I'm going to try and, <laughs> and etch my own identity into explaining this film because it it is, it's fantastic. It's, <clears throat> it's, it's special in its own way. And I think a lot of it comes down to, it's, it's hard to get, a mood right and it's hard to to get that across to people all the time and films that that do it well they stand out for reasons like that and this one it it really does feel satanic when you're watching this film it it feels like evil this is uh it's not your your classic storytelling it's it's broken up into three sections of like you're saying the the timelines and the people are kind of all over the place but you have this main message of dread and fear that's taking place in this, yeah, this secluded school. And you don't really have any likable characters at, you know, anyone that you kind of do come across, you think might be a likable character. Uh, something happens to the, and it, you know, it's, it's never a positive. Everyone who comes in contact in the, with, with our main characters in this film is, is collateral damage at some point or another. And I, I just think it, it does such a great job of also encapsulating, like, instead of giving us uh, a direct character of like, this is Satan, where, you know, they, they create their own, you know, demon horn thing. I, I love how vague it is. It's, it's your own interpretation of what this evil force is. And uh, I, I think the, the acting, like you'd mentioned, is, is incredible in this. And, you know, the, the possession scenes are just terrifying you there's you know you can have these wild scenes with so much going on yet the scariest moments for me in this film are just watching somebody rock back and forth in front of an old uh, furnace like it's shit like that is terrifying and and i think that if you explain that to somebody you explain like oh you know this is that scene they'll be like well that doesn't sound that scary but you just you watch how it's created how it's you know everything about it, it it's just it's fantastic. And I, I have nothing but positive things to say about this. It's so dreary. And Mitch, tell me about why you either like or dislike this film. Yeah, I can't remember if it was on my top of the decades list, but it would make sense if it was because this one also it had a really strong impression on me the first time I watched it as well. And it's just because it takes off a lot of my a lot of my sweet spots, things that I really like about films, like horror films in particular is it's a truly evil horror film and that's what i love like you can feel like the the cold aesthetic of the movie like it it transcends out of the screen like i feel like it's it's a chilling movie to watch and you got to be in the right mood for it it's a movie that demands your full attention which i think is a lot of people who uh this just generally isn't what mainstream 
this isn't a mainstream movie in in any sense of the word and uh that doesn't mean that you're wrong if you don't like it or anything like that it's just it is i can understand why this one wouldn't connect with a lot of people mm-hmm. that being said it connects with me fully like i i just love pretty much everything about it i think the unreliable narration that goes on between the our three lead characters like the the films like you said it's set up in different three different parts covering each of the characters journeys and how they intersect with each other and I think it's all done really 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 well and I love that Satan is a real character in this movie like I I like (laughs) that you feel Satan in the in the presence it's not just alluded to um, I love the the little the phone conversations that they have the the chilling imagery of Kieran and Shipka speaking with someone off screen that you don't see, and it's like just like little subtle sound choices that they make where it's almost like you know not to compare like cause it has nothing in common with Paranormal Activity, but whenever Paranormal Activity when it's switched to night, you know that there's always that reverberating like mm-hmm. it starts that was really bad. Jesus. But you know what I mean? I feel like there's little subtle nuances like that sprinkled throughout this whenever he, Satan is present or or nearby. And it makes you it's such an interesting idea. And like now, now I think we should get we can all just get out that we enjoy this movie. We're fans of it. Mm-hmm. So we recommend checking it out. It's on Amazon Prime in Canada. I'm not sure where it'd be in the US. I know it was on Shutter for a while. It might still be there in the in the States. Um, it was on Tubi for a while too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's one to definitely definitely look out for, seek out. Uh, it's a perfect for this time of year because it it really is. It's set over Christmas break, and uh, I I did I just can't get over how perfect the timing is that for us to do this it's, episode. It's got that like that bleak uh, black Christmas Christmas feel to it. Where it's yeah, like, it's it's December, but it's depressing December. It's very depressing. It's very just very moody. But uh, yeah, now let's we're going to just fully talk about spoilers. So if you're not interested in hearing spoilers about the movie, now is your time to check out. Um, I'll filibuster a little bit here so you have time to pull your phone out of your pocket and either press pause or whatever. But uh, yeah, just connect I, your Bluetooth, throw your phone away, whatever. Yeah, yeah throw your phone at the ocean. Something. Just, yeah, if you're just driving, just toss it out the window. You're done with it. My favorite part about it, though, is like how hard the character's trying to get repossessed by Satan. Yes. It's like yes. that's such a unique, <laughs> it's a unique concept that's it's like, like heroin for her. Yeah. And it's like, come, yeah. like, it's a love story between this teenage girl and Satan. That's, <laughs> that's cinema, and she, baby. And she that's seems a- so modest for all of it, which I think is another thing that makes it creepier. Yeah. Is just how you know, like modest and kind of non-threatening she seems for so much of it, but then just goes off. Yeah. And it's one one thing I want to talk about too is like going back to the beginning of the movie, because even I forgot what happens in the, the movie. So it was like watching it for the first time again, which is awesome. Uh, but like just realizing it that right off the beginning, like Lucy Boynton and Emma Roberts both look so similar. And that's obviously like a, a choice that was made by Oz Perkins and and you see how it comes full circle in the film. But I remember thinking, I was like, odd, odd choice to cast people that look identical. Um, but it's <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so interesting. And no, like now knowing that Kiernan Shipka has gone on to, you know, play Sabrina and all these like, you know, uh, critically acclaimed mainstream films and like TV series is that people are watching and kids are loving. And then in her back pocket, like, yeah, she's little Sally Draper from Mad Men. 
and she's got this little brutally evil horror film in her catalog and i i just love that uh but yeah it's overall i just think it's it's just a constant mood of negativity and i'm all <laughs> i'm all about that it is super downbeat like i i forgot from like the jump how it os perkins so good at controlling the tone of this movie yes. like from the friggin' minute one he is like and never lets it up I don't think for one minute, which I was so blown away by this time, it's like he never lets like off of that tone. And something just feels off the entire movie, even when like yeah. nothing is really happening. Like the scenes when like Lucy Borton goes to meet like her boyfriend, that, that shouldn't be like scary. But like, why does it feel so like, oof? you know, yeah. like everything just feels wrong, which is such a hard thing to do <laughs> in a movie. I feel like to create that tone of like dread and like something is very wrong here. And I we, I'm with this a little bit, but like it, the movie feels so cold. Like it, yeah. like people talk about the thing feeling cold. That's an all-time great, like snowy, cold movie. I feel the coldness when I watch it. It's crazy. And I looked at something. It was like a quick behind-the-scenes thing where it was like negative thirty-five degrees. I know you guys use Celsius, right? But it's like it's like yeah. some like way below. It was super cold. Like it was like negative thirty-five below zero. And like during the night scenes with Emma Roberts, and like you feel it. Like it really comes through that it's like it is freezing like it was at the coldest winter they had and this was shot in ontario ottawa yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's ontario and it, we canada continues to just keep breaking those records every single year like saskatchewan is like we're the saskatchewan is the coldest on the planet for mm -hmm. a couple oh, wow. years in a row like colder than the moon in siberia which yeah. is those nuts. Are not the kind of w's you want to be taking no <laughs> <laughs> no uh, um, it's can, yeah. can i oh yeah. sorry go on oh go ahead go ahead <laughs> I, I just wanted to kind of add on something that i really like about this that I, I separates it from a lot of things you'll see more in your your mainstream audience is how you're connecting to these characters these characters feel very real and rich and you're 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 not seeing these like fluffy because they're, they're supposed to be like high school students so you you know you're not seeing that kind of generic like everybody's happy kind of glossiness no. to it. it it's you have these people who yeah like don't fucking like each other from the get-go and don't want to be around each other and it they're all hiding something yeah and it just that's... it feels it feels a little bit more real than like i'm the jock i'm the yeah. dirty you know like and i'm satan <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> satan gets put like into a locker high. <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, and like, uh, I think, Matt, you were mentioning this, that no matter what happens throughout the movie, you always feel like something's not right and something's going to go wrong. And that's that's felt from the very beginning where you, you know, you clearly find out that I believe it's Cat and, Cat and Rose are having their conversation about uh, how Cat's pregnant. And <clears throat> that automatically, like, you know, being in a boarding school, that puts in some strife for the audience to be like, oh, like we're automatically off to the races with something kind of heavy with this character. And then even down to like when Emma Roberts is, she's like hitchhiking or for lack of better words, like she's just like just out in the open and James Remar shows up and in any other movie, you'd be like, Oh, this is going to end horribly for her. She's going to take a ride from this stranger and his wife. And it just feels off. It feels weird. And then thinking about how the movie wraps up, I love the idea of how like the audience, like maybe that was just my own experience is that I had felt that I was like something horrible is going to happen to this girl. If she gets in this vehicle with this strange man who's really adamant on giving her a ride. 
and then finding out what happens by the end of it with her cutting off their fucking heads it's it's so brutal it's so crazy and it it defies expectations at every turn well and i think uh, uh go ahead sorry go ahead that's it that's all i got oh i was gonna say a big part of that which i kind of want to tack on with what you're saying is a big part of that tension is also just how you know it unravels eventually but the wife explaining over time that like this guy does shit like this all the time and and talks present tense about this daughter that's been dead for what nine years or something like yeah. that but yeah you're you are feeling I, the this it feels like yeah she's getting abducted and there's going to be something going on with that like it turns out that she's the predator not the prey and yeah, yeah it's just kind of how that unfolds and with the wife and everything because you kind of have this thing of like is this dude a serial killer and the wife's like oh god he's doing this thing again <laughs> there uh, he's murdering again, again. yeah, yeah uh, he's doing again. that stupid stabbing thing again but yeah <laughs> and, and just yeah i love the that scene of of her just rocking back and forth while the heads are now beside there yeah god and yeah you know, that's even, up there with ari aster shit in my opinion like it's and yeah. this predates it but it's like got that chilling imagery that's just like it's never gonna leave your head Mm -hmm. um, and and just even the imagery of when at the very end you have her going back there and the, the fire's out just that idea of like satan was in that fire the whole time and then mm -hmm. like now that flame's going out and yeah just having that impact of her like screaming on the road at the end yeah like, stuff like that well I, it's, I, it's so that classic character building totally and it's that classic lesson of no matter what you do everyone's going to leave you in the end even satan <laughs> that's such a bleak <laughs> such a bleak message you can't count uh, on satan who can you count on <laughs> like yeah. yeah that and i mean we're jumping way ahead to the ending but it's like that ending is like one of the things that really stuck with me it was also the the scene with like by the furnace with the heads when she's doing that kind of bowing that looks so unnatural that it's like yeah. i mean it's like something's just all, you're like oh i don't like that like that image and then the ending and like i that's the point where the movie just stuck the landing and i was like wow i watched this girl wanted to be possessed by satan again like that's what she's and yeah. she couldn't get it done. she's upset about that i remember i was like some like random facebook horror group or something and we were debating this movie came up and someone was like debating the ending and they were like oh i think she's sad because she regrets what she's done and i was like no no that is no not, no you are yeah. reading this wrong like she is just very upset that like she did all this and satan did not come back to her like that's what she wanted the whole time and like when like she kind of has to like tearfully say goodbye to him as she's getting like the um exorcism done she's like don't leave me i'm like wow this is such a weird thing to be like sad about you've lost your possession by you know satan it's just like i've never mm -hmm. seen what a concept like just what a crazy concept that that he pulls off and it's just like so unique that's i love it it's just like this is such a crazy idea <laughs> also what other movie has an exorcism scene that just really seems low-key in the whole ass because it, it doesn't happen for that long and it's not super over the top it happens pretty quick just to have yeah. like oh there's an exorcism in this movie by the way but it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't hog that much screen time at all and yeah I, think... I, I love her basically right <laughs> it's like yeah it was one of those things i'm like realizing it's happening kind of right after it happened where i'm like wow, what? Like, I, you just don't expect, that's not how movies usually go. People don't usually want to be possessed by Satan, you know? Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> Os, Osgood Perkins, just, he, him at his best is when he's, I think his best and his worst, honestly, is when he he's so restrained. And sometimes you just need to be let off the leash a little bit. Like, you got to go a little crazy. But this is like, 
out of all of his movies, this is the one that just nails that abs- It absolutely nails the tone that he goes for in his other films. And I actually, I'm a fan of, uh, like, I liked I'm the Pretty Thing Lives in the House, but it's definitely probably my least favorite of his movies. I like Hansel, so, Hansel and Gretel. The biggest art house film. Like. Yeah. And so, and so is this, and so is Hansel and Gretel, um, which I also really enjoyed. I actually like the score for that movie a lot. I that write to that, that score is so good. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just, yeah, he's so, he practices such restraint in this movie and just shows enough to, to keep you creeped out and never letting it go too far. And I don't know, it's like the movie, it's got a really kinetic energy and move, it, it is slow paced, but it still is always moving. And I think that's a feat that's not entirely easy to pull off. Uh, yeah, it's it might be those very separated kind of like almost chapter breaks, the three parts that kind yeah. of help you. And plus the fact that you, I mean, I, first time I was like, I don't know where this is going, you know, and I don't know. What, and then it kind of keeps revealing information. And you're like, oh, what like that? Yeah, that's who that is. And this is what's going on. And like um, the way it doles that out is so good. And yeah, the way he shoots stuff, he's so like, he's not afraid to be still with the camera yeah. and not doing a bunch of edits and like that stuff scares me when someone like he like lingers on this like dark hallway in the school and like what's gonna pop out or you know what yeah. anything could happen any moment like that's an amazing i think it's like really the maybe the one jump scare in the movie when um lucy borton comes back in she steps outside comes back in and kieran and chip kind of comes out of that corner and it's not yeah. shot like it's like the exorcist three jump scare in a, in a weird way to me where it's like he's kind of misdirected you she's gone outside come back and then it's like boom here comes Kieran Chip and stabs yeah. her it's like mm-hmm. this burst of violence where you're like what the fuck was that? <laughs> like I yeah just it's did not, not just expect... a black cat jumping out no yeah it's it's a moment I just did it caught me off guard I was like oh it's like there's these moments of violence that are like so impactful he's like they're really punctuated like there's not a lot of like direct violence when it happens it's like holy shit this is like insane people get their heads cut off people getting brutally stabbed it's like the well, stabbing yeah, is the... felt yeah, oh, this, yeah. <laughs> the stabbing of the two nurses and you just have, you know, like the one who can't move and she has mm. to listen and see, you know, get the, the other one being attacked. Yeah, it's stuff like that where the moments of violence in this are are really impactful overall and they actually mean something. It's not just senseless stabbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like obviously like such a huge like theme in this movie is isolation and it's done so well with like you know putting us in this isolated setting already and then establishing that each of these characters are isolated from either their families or uh spoiler alert life (laughs) or uh satan and it's just it's a really interesting conversation that's masterfully done by osgood perkins i really want to see him return to something like this like i i just this is the type of movie that just gets you excited about whatever he could do next and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you guys about Oz Perkins as a director because he's only the only features are this. It was I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house. Is it yeah, that? still mm-hmm. not seen that one because I saw a lot of bad reviews. Even though I love this one, I was like, I'll I kept putting the back burner and Hansel and Gretel, which I really liked. Um, yeah. That was a movie that came out I think like right before COVID kicked in too. Yeah, totally. It, in it the fell victim hard. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. all. It actually made like twenty something million dollars, which is good for that weird little movie that I think cost like five or something. Um, I like that one. It's weird. It was another movie that like I was surprised was playing my local theater because it was just this weirdo art house movie. But I think he's such a talented director um, and so unique. I just I'm I'm curious what he's gonna do next because I don't know what he's up to. Yeah. So. I, well, I really I agree with that. And I think that one important thing we saw with the handsome girl film, which I, I didn't think it was incredible, but I did. I did enjoy it is 
he he has his own style and you can see that even when it comes to something like you're you're doing a fairy tale you could could have went a lot more like whimsical with it but it's still it remains dark and and i overall i think that's you know his trademark and something that that's why i latched on watching his films i i I haven't watched I Am the Pretty Thing in years and years, but I remember at the time watching it is like it was very artsy, but it would just it seemed very boring. It's like a, a haunting where somebody in a mirror just kind of stares at you once in a while. But, you know, you, even at that time, it's like, OK, something is here. Let's just see if like, you know, a, a story develops that can engross you more. And And for me, yeah, this was it. And I hope that he does another film like this something that's just kind of these one-off you know little incident films because overall this is a very tiny concept but at the same time the overarching idea is not yeah he's just really good at capturing evil Mm -hmm. and something else that we uh didn't talk about though he did direct a uh a garbage bag a grocery bag flying in the wind and not another teen movie because he plays he plays the character riffing on American oh, Beauty. I forgot that was him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a life, man. What a oh, life. Man. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's weird how things come around. Like who gets into horror and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, you're doing it. Like you get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would hope so being the son of Anthony Perkins, like one of the greatest horror legends to ever live. Listen, buddy, if one of the greatest actors ever, Idris Elba's daughter, didn't get any of his acting talent, then it, it does, that don't mean shit. We don't know that. We just don't know if she could face up against that lion with him. But uh, but yeah, no, the, the, there's only, I feel like we should kind of start wrapping it up here because we've already talked about a lot about the, the film and all of its strengths and everything. And uh, I definitely recommend people checking it out. Is there anything else you guys want to mention? Yeah, I think that this is if if you haven't seen it yet, add it to your Christmas rotation. I, I feel like this this is a nice little Christmas film you can have. You can watch this in like the lodge. Would yeah. be a great double feature oh, of like depressing yeah. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's a sadness. Pretty... <laughs> yeah. I mean sadness. sadness. <laughs> that it's watch it sometime during the winter because it's a great winter horror movie. It just feels so so damn cold. Like it's yeah. just crazy how they captured that. Um yeah, it's a hard movie. It's like I've tried to tell people about it for years, but it's like I I know it's not going to work for a lot of people because it's like one of those things where you either get into it and you buy into the mood and the tone or you just don't. And I think that's when it becomes yeah. kind of boring. And you're like, what is this? Um, but if you're all in to how the vibe and everything, it should work, yeah. I think. It's, and, uh, it's not an enjoyable movie per se. But yeah, it depends what you're interested in. Ex- but it's a great experience. Yeah, but it this is just not one of those ones you put on with a group of people. Like this is exactly. this is one of yeah, the, no, no. It's one of this the is not a yeah. It's one of the rare <laughs> there there's like a special like subgenre of horror movies that are just meant to be watched alone. And I think that this is one of them. Like it mm-hmm. it works so well when I got all snuggled up in my bedroom at the nice cold <laughs> winter air flowing into my room and watching it. It's just, it's a mood. It's a mood and mm-hmm. it, it fucking works. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. This was one we've been wanting to talk to for, yeah, thank talk you about so much. for a while. I'm glad you guys liked it as much. I know you liked it this much. So this is good. And you guys started talking about it. I was like, Oh, okay. Good choice. Then. Yep. <laughs> so, no, no great choice. <laughs> yeah. Super great choice. So Matt, what else do you got going on? What's going on at the film feast world? Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, is this going to be coming out very soon? 
not that... this week, but the next week. Okay, yeah, okay. Week. So uh, I have been taking a little easier on Film Feast. It's usually a, a weekly show that comes in every Monday, but like the holidays down here, Thanksgiving, now Christmas is coming up. Um, I've been doing kind of more of a bi-weekly thing, but I hope the next year, new year, I'll get back into the weekly. Feel but that, like, brother. Oh, it's, it's tough. It's but, tough. Uh, <laughs> the weekly show is a grind, but I do love it. But um, taking a little easier, it has been nice. So I'm doing... I think it's safe to say when this comes out, well, just an episode on Jackie Brown, which I'm very excited about with Carmelita Valdez McCoy and Preston Mitchell, who are two of my favorite awesome. guests. They both know yeah, their cobwebs and uh, they're great. The two of the best podcast guests you could get. And, uh, and then the, I think the last episode of this year is going to be one of my favorite episodes to do, which is our favorite discoveries of the year episode. I do with Daniel Epler and Keith Rich, where we talk about our favorite first time watches of the year. Um, which it can be from like any year because any I love year that. that's, any year that's before, a great con yeah what yeah, did but, you experience this year i love it's that so much fun because then i have no idea what these guys are going to bring to the table a couple of things they right. talked about on podcasts where i kind of know they liked it but right. um, like it's wide too. open yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly it's like <laughs> that'll make my list no i've already seen it Can't <laughs> put on the list. but um yeah anything pre-2022 could be in the list right. so it is wide open um and then we'll come back with like best 2022 episode with those wild guys, uh, Hayden and, and Mark. And, yes. and then we'll just get rolling. So I don't know what, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff. Uh, get it going again. I want to cover more new stuff on Film Feast next year. We did a really bad job of covering new movies that came out, but sometimes it's tough. It's like, you know, it's like easier to talk about old stuff sometimes, but um, lots of good stuff coming. Like I said, episodes should start coming back weekly every Monday, but you know, we're talking about anything and everything and hopefully and get both of you guys on some point. Uh, Mitch probably great. back on. Boozy get yeah. you on there. So yeah, um, I want to bust. I want to burst my cherry over there. <laughs> you talk about First some wide open, stuff, baby. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, that's my stuff. So sweet. So yeah, you can follow. It's just film. Is it film feast on oh, Instagram? Yeah, where where can that. people follow you? Thank you. Where's, yeah, where's your letterbox? You know? I should I should know to do all this. I've been on a podcast. Uh, so yeah, letterbox is maple eighty seven. Twitter, as long as it still is active, uh, Maplet87 is my personal one, um, at Film Feast Pod on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Film Feast, all one word. And I think that pretty much covers everything. Yeah, that's it's awesome. all my social media stuff. Yeah. Wicked. Awesome. Well, Boozy, you got anything you want to mention? Uh, watch the Boulay Brothers on uh, Shutter. It's a good time. Go. I, well, I need somebody to talk with. Like, it's it's coming out weekly right now. Dragula, so baby. Yeah, Dragula. <laughs> get, get it in your system. Awesome. Yeah, and I'll quickly say uh, today, the, the same day that we recorded this, I recorded an episode with my boys at Let's Talk About Stuff, talking about Joker. Um, so you've heard over the years, many, many a joke thrown at me uh, for being a fan of the Joker, uh, the, the Todd Phillips Joker film. So that should be up by the time you hear this, go and check it out. It's on Let's Talk About Stuff. Those are two of my favorite guys. To I love going on their show. They're just complete lunatics and always fun to talk to. Uh, but yeah, I guess with all of that, we can wrap it up. So once again, thanks so much for coming on the show, Matt. We'll yes, have you back you so on. Much. And you uh, yeah, <laughs> final words, always, always keep dissing Nazis. Good night, everyone. And Kanye at this point. Yeah, fuck yay. <laughs> <laughs>